Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Relationships Rock. We are back with Hannah Kahana in the studio, in the Zoom studio, talking about kosher flirting. We spoke about this last week, and the episode blew up. We got amazing feedback. So I honestly did not expect last week's episode on flirting to be controversial. I don't, I don't know if you felt the same way, Hannah, but I'm honestly not one to shy away from controversy. So I'm very happy that it created dialogue and conversation on what is kosher flirting? The way that we defined it was, you know, flirting is actions or words to let the other person know that you like them, that you're interested in them, that make them feel good. Makes them blush, makes them feel butterflies inside. And some of the examples that we gave last week were, you know, smiling, giving compliments, taking off your coat, which was a Hannah mic drop, in my opinion. And I was honestly surprised that there was some feedback that that was not flirting. And that was just, and I quote, baseline human interactions. And that's what I found so fascinating. The feedback from the guys was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, thank you for telling girls to just smile, to give a compliment, to be present on the date. And, you know, the from the girl's perspective, a lot of it was positive, but there was a few girls who said, no, I want more. I want banter. I want playfulness. I want like real flirting, not just, oh, he's nice to me, just quote unquote, you know, baseline human interaction. So I was thinking about it, like, why is there this difference between the guy's expectation and the girl's expectation? And that's what we're discussing today. We're going to discuss this. We're going to address this. What is kosher flirting? What did we describe just, you know, based on human interaction? And how can we create an environment to get what we really want in a romantic relationship, in the flirtatious relationship? Yes, absolutely. So I think that, um, you know, if somebody's looking for more than just the baseline, um, you know, comments that you were saying, um, I think you brought up this really important idea that it really is dependent upon what they're putting out there. Like you get obviously what you give. And I think it's very important to kind of, you know, dive into a little bit how, you know, what exactly you're putting out there? How are you being perceived? And if you're really unsure, maybe about how you're being, you know, perceived and what exactly you're, you're, how you're presenting, because sometimes we can feel like we're doing a certain thing, but really it's coming across in a different way. I think it's important to ask your shach and ask the person that's setting you up for that feedback. You know, like, did I seem disinterested? Did I seem like I wasn't, um, you know, like into the date, things like that, because that, type of constructive criticism is going to help you, you know, create this platform that you'll get what you want to give. Totally. And especially because, and I think this applies in dating and applies really in marriage as well. You can only take care of your side of the street. Now you can really only say, what am I doing to create the environment that I want? What am I doing to get the dates that I want? You know, if, if you were one of the girls who was listening and was frustrated, like, hey, that's, you know, I want a guy who's doing more. Like, I want a guy who is pulling at all stops and sweeping me off my feet. So I'm asking you now, what are you doing on dates to give guys that opportunity to, re- to, to, to reciprocate so that they are comfortable giving more? And this is where I want to start off by talking about, and I know that, you know, I'm not a guy and Hannah is not a guy, <laughs> but I want to talk about the guy's perspective of based on, you know, a lot of the reactions that they gave us, but also just on, as being dating coaches of 
what do they want from girls on dates? And I think it's it's very interesting to note that there really is a difference between what guys are looking for and what girls are looking for. And I think it's important to understand that even though it's different, there is a way to meet in the middle. And I think that what we were hearing from the guys, you know, they were so excited about this idea of girls being um, more effusive and reacting more and putting themselves out there more. And I think honestly, you know, looking at it from both perspectives, I think that if girls come in with a certain amount of confidence in themselves, it it creates an atmosphere for guys to want to give them more, more compliments, um, just, you know, be more present because when you exude a certain amount of confidence, you don't then come across as needy or needing a guy to give you compliments or needing him to, to, you know, make you feel good. And I think that when you set that stage, automatically guys then want to give more when you come across as needy and I need him to do this. I need him to, to give me this and show me that, but you're not showing anything at all to him. I think it's a very big turnoff. And I think it automatically puts guys in a different position. They don't want to give then. Totally. And I think something we have to remember is that men by nature are givers. They want to make you happy. They want to give to you. Literally, when I speak to guys after a date, if the girl is happy, if they felt like they made her happy, they're like on cloud nine, like, oh my gosh, like I wooed her, <laughs> you know? And, and by the way, this also applies in marriage. Like all guys want is to give. But here is the kicker. In order for them to keep giving, you have to receive. I actually once heard this as a mashal. You know, imagine you have a little kid who comes to you with like a, a drawing that he made for you. You know, it's like ugly, <laughs> you know, it has like a bunch of stuff on it and he gives it to you and you respond like, oh, thanks. And you put it away. It's going to feel deflated. If you respond like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And you, and you go ahead and you take that with you. You just gave to that kid so much. The concept of when you receive, you're actually giving. One of the guys told me that when he was in yeshiva, they actually brought in a dating coach, which is amazing. I think every yeshiva, if you're listening, should do this. And one of the things the dating coach told them was that, you know, everyone has like a gas tank where you give, you give, you give, you give. But at a certain point, that gas runs out. And when a girl gives to you, when she does, and the examples he gave me was when she smiles, when she gives you a compliment, when she just acknowledges the work and effort that you just put into pleasing her, into making the deed, into picking her up, into being mindful of the weather and so forth, that kind of puts more gas into the tank and they want to keep giving. Yeah, I just want to go back, rewind for a second to the fact that this yeshiva had a dating coach. I, I would like to give a huge shout out to this yeshiva. And I think it's amazing. I think every yeshiva should have this. I feel like this is a concept that's so overlooked. And I think we actually mentioned this last time, how guys oftentimes go from being in the yeshiva system to being dropped into dating. And it's a kind of like a flight or fight situation um, where it's like, okay, go, go figure things out now. Goodbye. Um, so I love that. I love that. And I think that's, that's incredible. Um, I also think that, um, just going back for a second to, you know, this idea of what are girls putting out there and really like, what are they giving in order to get type of thing? So I think that it's really, really important that obviously if you're, if you're not interested in a guy, then you just, you know, you keep it polite and things like that. If you are interested in somebody, then 
you know, it's, I, I think kosher flirting would then be flirt with the intent that you want to take things further. And if you're not, if you're not the type of person to flirt or you're not great with your emotions, you know, maybe tap into um, other instances uh, where you were able to open up, even if that's with a friend or other relationships and use that to, to spill over into relationships um, that you have with dating. So, you know, like kind of use those concepts and plug them into dating. Because I think a lot of times for girls that are just not naturally the flirty sort, it can be very difficult. And I think that they need to kind of draw from other instances and other examples to kind of help them out a little bit. Well, one of the things that we did on last episode was really just give a baseline definition, which was the complaint, you know, and, and flirting is making the other person feel good. The more you know them, the more you're going to know what are those things that make them feel good? What are those things that let them know, hey, I am interested in you? Yes, being a mensch, which by the way, is a super important topic. Maybe, maybe I'll do a whole topic on that, a different episode. Being a mensch is really important. Even if you are not interested on the date, you know, actually, and I, and I, I get these comments that it's very hurtful when you're on a date and the person checks after five minutes, like, like they look at you and they're like, I'm out, you know, like, okay, be a mensch. So, so this is where you could still be a mensch and not give signals of, I am interested. I love how you said that, which is flirting is with the intent of, I want this to go further. You can be a mensch without intent to go further, or you can give compliments or ask questions or be engaged or smile or quote unquote flirt with body language, your eyes, your smile, your pose that lets them know, I do want to keep going further. A lot of times also, I mean, a lot of the girls that I speak to, they get lost in this idea of what's considered normal for date number X, or, you know, is this okay? Because my friend said this, or um, I was told X, Y, and Z. And I think that so many girls get lost in those ideas. And instead of following their gut and, and really looking at their date to kind of follow their lead, if their date is being open, then, you know, following that lead, they really get stuck on this idea of, well, no, I can't discuss that on a first date, or I can't do this on a first date or a third date. And I think that if, if girls and guys also, if, if they just are more open to the idea that go with your own feelings, run with the way the date is going for you personally, not your friend who is on an entirely different date or your neighbor or your cousin who's not on a date with you and tap in more to your feelings and what's going on between you and your date. And I think that will also really help guide you as to what you can say in terms of flirting or showing interest and what you should be doing for you yourself personally, as opposed to the world at large. That's where having realistic expectations also comes in. You know, when I was reading these comments that were saying, no, I want more. I I really kept thinking of, so you want Mr. Romance novel, (laughs) you know, you want this uh, perfection, this guy who is super confident. I'm, I'm even like standing tall, you know, like super confident, knows what he wants. He's like, that's my girl. And you know, one of the guys said to me, he's like, you know, Raquel, for guys, we actually have a big fear of coming off as creeps. And, and you know this, Hannah, because, you know, we kind of get this feedback. When a guy does things for you, you're not interested in them. You're like, ew, like stop, <laughs> right? So guys have this very like fine line to walk of, I want to show I'm interested, but I don't want to come off as a creep. So if you want the guy to plot all the stops, you have to let him know that it's going to be received well. And this is where the, what are you doing, right? As a girl, as a woman to say, I am interested. I am open. I am receiving. So that the guy is able to 
do more. But if from the first date, from the first moment you say, oh my gosh, he is not cool enough. He is not suave enough. He's not saying the right things. This is, doesn't fit the model that I have in my head based on movies or books or what other friends told me with their rose colored glasses or whatever their experience was, you know, looking back. So then you shut down. And the moment he sees that he's going to stop. And even though I do believe guys, you know, deep down are romantics and will try to make you so happy. You have to open that door. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think you said something so, so important, this idea of realistic expectations. You know, I think a lot of times I, you, you hear from the guy or the girl, you know, that oh, I just, I didn't, I didn't see fireworks. I didn't feel that spark. And, you know, you're it's almost like you picture them looking out the window of the car as they're driving, waiting for these fireworks up here. And, you know, it's like, you, you want to just tell them, you know, okay, let's take this down a notch. Let's, let's really understand where, what you expect versus what reality is. And let's meet somewhere in the middle, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not saying don't reach for fireworks, but understand that you're going to have to do something and maybe, you know, take a fireworks course to really get, create that atmosphere and to really get kind of close to that idea. And I think that's, that's also just so, so important. Like it really goes back to this idea of what, you know, what are you putting out there? Um, what, what environment are you creating? And I think that I do feel oftentimes that the older daters, it is hard to get excited and, and really get in that zone because yes, you've been dating for a really long time and you know what, it's not always fun and it's not always cute on a Tuesday to go to, you know, some escape the room when you're just tired and you don't really want to do that. Um, so I, I definitely get that. I think we both get that Raquel. Um, but I think that if you do see that there is, you know, something there that could go for further, then put in that effort, you know, like do something to create that atmosphere that will then give you the fireworks. Yes. If you want fireworks, create fireworks. And this is where I want to kind of touch upon the idea of tapping into your feminine energy, which is really so powerful. And I actually want to do like a whole episode on that. Anyone that has ever spoken to me as a dating coach, that's like my thing. I talk about being feminine and feminine energy. And I'm going to share a story with you. There was um, a girl who I've, I've worked with, you know, before. And, you know, every time she goes out the guy, it's like, he's not masculine enough. He's not. So at some point I was like, okay, let's break down the dates. Like, tell me, tell me at which point you realized that he wasn't masculine. So this is her example. Okay. And I actually asked permission from her to be able to use this example. Shout out, you know who you are. <laughs> so she tells me how, you know, she gets in the car and he's like fidgeting with his ways, like with, with the thing. Right. And he's like, oh, I don't know how to use this. So right away she jumps in and she's like, okay, fine. Like I'll take care of it. And she pulls out her phone and she, and she, and she puts in the directions. They're like, okay, great. Thank you. And then they go. And she's like, why can't they just figure it out? Like, why can't they be masculine and say, I'm going to take you places and I'm going to, you know, drive you around. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, if you want a guy to be masculine and be the Gavra and figure out where he's going. So don't offer help, be feminine, be a woman just smile nicely and let him take care of it. And you know what? He'll figure it out. He will rise to the occasion and he will drive you around town. He'll either figure out how the ways works or you'll get lost together, but he will rise up to it. And, and this is where I, I spoke with her about, are you sabotaging? Are you kind of jumping literally within the first five minutes of the date? It was like, okay, this guy's not masculine. And right away, just 
making that a reality, making that statement into a reality. I love that. I want to go back for a second to what you said it was such a great question. You said you asked her, tell me at which point you saw he wasn't masculine. Um, and I think that's such a great idea that in general, like if you're troubled by something that's happening, you know, with your date, go back to specific examples or points that you felt this way, because it really helps to anchor your thoughts and understand what, what is really bothering you. And like you said, if, if that's the issue, then, you know, let him take the lead, be feminine. And just, it's such a great way to troubleshoot issues and problems that are coming up on dates. I love that. Right. And the thing is that a lot of times with any feedback, I'm just giving the example of, of the masculine, we don't realize as daters when we're sabotaging, when we're kind of making that quick decision in our head of, oh, this guy or this girl does not match up with what I want. And we just jump in and not even give them the chance. And I, I want to clarify something. You know, when I talk about being feminine, I'm not saying be passive. That's, that's actually a very negative word. I'm saying is be vulnerable. Being vulnerable is letting him lead, is knowing that you're getting into the car, obviously with a safe person <laughs> and with money with you and with a phone on with you, just in case, and letting him just take you on the date and being vulnerable and, and seeing where things go. And, and you actually mentioned before about the older daters. And I actually love how you said older daters. I, I hate when people say older singles. I feel like it has a negative connotation. I, I'm, I'm not sure why, but I, I love how you phrased it. And I know that it's hard. And I actually just spoke about this with somebody today, how, you know, another year, happy new year, everyone, another new year. And it's like, how am I going to open up again? I, I've been doing this for so long. You know, I am 28, 29, 35, 39. And, and being vulnerable and opening up is very hard. And I kind of want to flip the question back to the comments that we got about, well, this is just baseline human attraction, baseline human interaction. I want more. And is well, are you being vulnerable? And if you find that you're not being vulnerable, then ask why or how can I become more vulnerable? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that question of why am I not being vulnerable or how can I be better at this? really plays into the idea of this self-sabotage because, you know, the more dates you go on, the harder it does become. And I think that if you come in to a date with these like preconceived notions and these ideas that, you know, it's it's not going to go well, it's going to be the same old, it's gonna, he's going to be so annoying and weird and, and gross. And I don't even know why I'm on this date. You know, that's the energy that you're creating and that's really what you're putting out there then you know most likely it probably will be terrible and maybe he will be gross because you're not open to him being you know a good date or things like that and it's interesting how I think we were discussing I'm not sure if we were discussing this last time or maybe even off the podcast but this idea that if you're interested in somebody um you know a compliment or even them using your name is like, Oh, that's, that's nice. But if you're not interested in somebody, them using your name can be so cringy and you, you, you kind of just want to melt into yourself. So it's, it's really about what kind of, of mindset you're coming in with. And if you are self-sabotaging and if you are not being vulnerable and creating, like you said, this, you know, just this certain feminine femininity or even just like if you're not that feminine but creating a softer side for yourself then you know why would it go well you have to ask yourself really 
what work are you putting into this, excuse me, to bear this to go well? Definitely. And I, I want to share with you what one of the guys said to me of, you know, his examples of what kosher flirting is. He said, you know, in my opinion, as a guy, what I see as kosher flirting is the girl t- taking and expressing initiative, putting herself out there. Here are some examples. Saying that you want to plan the next date, reaching out to the guy first unprompted, text or call when you're at the stage. Saying and expressing what you like about the guy unprompted or without the guy expressing what he likes about you first. These little and small things for most guys can change everything and can make a serious difference in your current or next relationship. That that was so, I don't know, I'm, I'm married and I still think that was so helpful and great and so, so interesting to hear a guy's perspective. And I think one of the most important things that was noted there is taking um, initiative and it's funny because I remember when I was dating my husband, it was it was pretty early on that we made this bet. I think it was like on a football game or something. And um, I said that if I lose the bet, I'll plan the next date. And I lost the bet, of course, because I'm not great at football. And he, we, I planned the whole date and he loved it because it gave him a chance to relax. It gave him a chance to take a load off because I was planning the date. It was my thing. And I feel like it's just such a great way to like create this like shift in what dates usually are and like just kind of like makes things much more interesting so I think that taking initiative as a girl obviously in a way that works for you and that makes sense um is great and I think all the examples you said were also just so helpful to hear I want to break this down because I feel like in a way we're kind of saying uh conflicting ideas when they're not really conflicting but they kind of have like an order so I would say is when you first start dating somebody, you, you know, it's, it's the first three dates. This is where everything we spoke about last episode comes in, which is that baseline, you know, human interaction. You're smiling, you're complimenting, you're being feminine, you're being open, you're letting him take the lead. And then once you have reciprocated, once you have let him know, hey, I am interested in you, right? Because the guy's always going to test his waters, right? He's going to test the waters. He doesn't come off as a creep because as you just, you know, mentioned, um, if, if, if you don't like him, then you're going to be like, oh, why is he doing all this stuff? So a guy's always going to test the waters in the first three dates. And by the way, another guy told me this. He's like, if a guy's taking you on a third date, he likes you. So just let that sink in <laughs> and, and reciprocate, right? So the beginning is just reciprocating. It's just being feminine, being vulnerable, giving compliments, receiving, giving as receiving, right? Or receiving as a way to give. And then after that, is taking that initiative, is saying, let me take one notch ahead, creating that environment where you are playful, where you text the person, you know, and say, I'm looking forward to our next date. Yes, I think that it is very important, like you said, to understand the order, because absolutely, you know, I think as girls, you don't want to just take initiative on date number one when you're getting into the car and you're like, all right, I got this. I'll tell you where to go. Put it in Google Maps. That's, I think, a little bit, you know, uncomfortable. I think exactly what you said that, you know, in the beginning, um, you, you, you let the guy take the lead a little bit. And once there is this element of interest and you could see that he's interested and you, of course, are interested as well and you want to show interest, that's when you start to bringing all these other ideas that we're talking about and being more open, being more vulnerable, showing more of a feminine, softer side um, and taking more of an initiative once you're a little bit further on and you know that it will be received well. 
I also just want to point out that all of this is vulnerable for guys and for girls. And if you work on creating a safe environment in the dates where both sides feel comfortable. And by the way, this also means that even if it ends, whatever we discussed was private. It means not sharing with your friends everything you're talking about. You know, when you have the secure environment and you're vulnerable, then both sides are going to just reciprocate. And, you know, one of the questions we got was like, well, give us examples of banter, of playfulness, of flirting on the next level. And I don't know how you (laughs) would respond to that, Hannah, but for me, it's like, I can't teach you how to flirt, (laughs) you know, like, I feel like that is naturally going to happen when you, when you are safe, meaning, yes, I can give you tips on the small details of letting the person know I am interested, but all of that next level banter playfulness, at least for, you know, in my opinion, it comes from there being a vulnerable, safe environment, good communication, and you both like each other. And I feel like if you feel like whatever you say the person is not going to jump on you and be like, oh, she's weird or he's weird. Then you're naturally going to just do more and more and more. Yeah. And I, I actually love that question of give us, give us more examples of how to be more like of how to, you know, flirt better, because I think that it's, it's so important to kind of discuss this a little bit. I think that, like you said, you can't really teach somebody how to flirt. I think really the most important idea or takeaway from this concept is that flirting means something different to each person. So if you're naturally a very guarded person and you're a very closed off person to you, flirting would be letting your guard down a little bit, being a little bit more open about your opinions or ideas. So I think you have to kind of ask yourself, what do I normally shy away from until I'm comfortable with somebody and until I feel close with them? And that's what you want to target as flirting, because that's what's essentially going to help you take the relationship further, which is kind of really what kosher flirting is. You know, it's that flirt with intent to continue. I love that. You said it perfectly. I literally, I feel like all of our conversation are just mic drops, mic drops. I was speaking to Rifki, who was the person who connected us like early on. I mean, Lisa connected us for this episode, but when we were both on hashtag spill, spill the tea, we're actually having a podcast together, me and Rifki, because we share the same birthdays. We're having a birthday podcast together. So I'm very excited about that. But when I was telling her, I was like, literally, Rifki, everything Hannah says is a mic drop. She's like, I know, Raquel. I'm like, no, literally, like, I love everything. Like, everything that you say is just a mic drop. So we're just going to let that mic drop. Maybe I can put in like, like a sound effect, <laughs> like the mic of the mic dropping. Thank you. And I appreciate that because I honestly think, though, that you really also just you create this environment um, that m- makes everything very clear. You know, I think you kind of put everything very succinctly and very I think in this like very great order, you know, like it's kind of like this handbook that you create, like first understand this, move on to this. And I think that's so helpful to daters because at the end of the day, you know, even if you've been in the game for a while already, um, you know, y- you want to always refresh your skills. You want to do new things. You want to try different ways and different ideas in dating because otherwise, you know, it's just everything gets so stale and so just like the same old routine. And that's really just the worst type of atmosphere for any type of dater to be in. Um, so just keeping it fresh, keeping it different and talking about these concepts, I think is just so important and great. Definitely. And, you know, you touched upon the idea that people have different personalities, which is a hundred percent true. There are some people who are naturally more outgoing, naturally more flirtatious. And I think 
sometimes people give a feedback of like, oh, I need someone who's more flirtatious. What they're really saying is I need a different personality type. And, and hey, that might be what you need. But think about what you're doing on the dates to allow the person to have a safe space. I mean, what I, what I would say is like, for the first couple of dates, listen to our old episode. And for, 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 for moving forward with all of that intent, make it safe. Let the person feel like they are able to be themselves. Some people take a little bit longer than others. You know, some people um, can speak to a wall and have an amazing time. I'm one of those people. And I think the wall also enjoys it when I talk to it. <laughs> so I want to end with a quote from Rabbi Avraham Tversky, he says, the real answer is you love to whom you give. So if you want to love guys, give. And sometimes the best way to give is to receive so give and you will love. Flirting is giving. Flirting is receiving. This is all part of the cycle of, of love. Thank you, Hannah, for joining me again on this super important podcast and topic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just going to drop the mic right, right there also because that was great. I love that quote. And I think it's so true. You know, like whatever you want to get, give. And when you want to, and, and when you are getting something, just receive it well, know how to receive it because that's what's going to create an environment for you to get even more. Definitely. Sometimes you're able to give and sometimes you can't. So just receive, like know one to tap into these two ways because they're both ways of giving and they're both ways of allowing the relationship to flourish and to continue. And guys, you know where to reach us. If you have further questions, specific examples, relationships you're dealing with, Hannah is honestly amazing. Um, I think I'm pretty good too. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. <laughs> but you can reach out to both of us and we wish you guys so much on this journey that we call life. And part of that is dating.